Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. All right, folks, we're going to talk about a very serious issue today. This is a kind of a message that stands alone. What usually happens is, is that every once in a while, I as pastor sense that maybe there's an area in our life that we need to examine. And maybe I just need to do one message to help us get a grip on it. And, and I'll be honest with you, the, the area that I think we all lack in, and when I say that we all lack in, I'm not just talking about you, I'm talking about myself. Because I'm not sitting up here saying, like, I'm the guy who knows and you don't. We all lack in this area. And the area that we lack in, I'll just be honest with you, is the Word of God. The prominence of God's Word in our life. Now, when I say the prominence of God's Word in our life, I'm not talking about that you can sit there and say with the best of them, I believe it's the Word. Because a lot of people will say that. A lot of people will say, this is the Word of God and I stand on it. Well, how about not stand on it? How about read it? Do you understand what I'm saying? We need to get to the place where we just don't say we stand on it. How about let's open it up? Do you understand? It's like a few, about last year, about this time, I was driving down the road, and I saw a guy in the back of his vehicle, I saw this book smashed up in the back of his car in the back window, and it was white. And as I got closer to it, I thought, that's a Bible. And then I, the first thing that goes through my mind, because it was white, I thought, I wonder why his wife stuck that back there. But then I realized, no, no, that's not his wife's Bible, because I could see some black. And then I thought, the next thing that goes through my mind, you ever think like this? I do when I'm driving. I'm thinking, how did he fade that Bible out? Well, you can't fade leather. Then I realized the reason why it's white. Are you ready? Dust. It's dust. So guess how often he uses that Bible? Folks, that's just like us, isn't it? The reason why the dust doesn't gather on ours is because we carry it to church, but we don't do anything with it. And so I really want to talk today about the importance of God's Word in our lives. Because I'll be honest with you, what we're suffering from, can I be honest with you, is ignorance. Our churches are filled with ignorant people. What do you mean by that, George? Because, because if you're like me, that just even that's, that, like, if anybody, has anybody ever called you, you're ignorant? They didn't say it in a nice way, did it? That usually has a connotation of, man, there's something wrong with you. You, you, you just got a bad attitude or whatever. And then, but the reality is, is that we are ignorant, but what we're ignorant of, that means we lack knowledge of something. And what we lack knowledge of is God's truth. And how do I know that we're ignorant? Because it's not reflected in our lives. See, when you internalize and you read God's Word and it becomes a part of your life, it's going to be bear fruit in your life, and it's going to be reflected in how you live. And here's what comes from our ignorance. I've got two points here. Let's look at them. Practically, God's Word is not important to us. Practically. Now, notice I use the word practically. Because mentally, we will say, oh, yeah, yeah, mm mm-hmm. Yep, it's, it's the Word. Yeah, it's God's Word. It's, it's important. It's truth. But practically, that's where the rubber meets the road, where we, 
we, when we face decisions or when we're facing struggles or when we seek, seek counsel or, or when we are just trying to guide our lives, we don't go to the Word of God. Do you know where we go? Google. Right? I mean, we, we type in our question on Google. And then we kind of thumb down through whatever it lists there for the results of what the answer might be. Do you know what I'm saying? For those of you who don't have a computer, it's the telephone. What do you mean? Hey, I'm going through this problem. What should I do? Don't like your answer. Hey, I'm going through this problem. And you call ten people till you find the answer you like. Right? We practically, God's word isn't important to us. If it was important to us, here's how we would know if it's important to us. We'd be reading it. We'd be talking about it. We'd be saying things like this. You know, you know. the other day I was reading in my devotions, and I'm going through this situation right now, but God spoke to me about this. I saw some deep things in the Bible where God was showing me something about my life. I don't really want to talk about it with you, but man, he was showing me some things about myself that I didn't like. See, practically, we, it's not important to us. I mean, because here, here, check it out. Check it out. Here's what I'm saying. Have you ever gone to church and you realize about three-quarters of the way to church that you left your Bible at home? Or is this the morning routine in your house? Hey, honey, where's my Bible? I know I put it over here. Were you cleaning it again? Do you know what I'm saying? Practically, God's Word's not important to us. Here's the other thing. Our experiences and our opinions, our experiences and opinions are more credible. This is a reflection of the postmodern age that we live in. In the postmodern age, do you realize that we're in a postmodern age? Maybe you don't realize that. But we exist in an age now where truth is not absolute. Truth is basically what you decide it is. You know what I'm saying? Whatever truth is for you, that's truth for you. But your truth may not be my truth, and I'm going to live by my truth. And we live in a postmodern age now where there are no absolutes now. In fact, we live in it. And what happens when there are no absolutes? Then my opinions and my experiences are more important to me, and they are the ones that give me credence for what needs to happen in my life. Everything else is meaningless. It doesn't matter. And so my experiences and my opinions actually get to the point where, well, you know, God's Word says that, big deal. But I know what I feel. I know what I've experienced. Folks, I'm going to be honest with you. Both of those things right there, where we say practically with our lives, God's Word is not important, and when we begin to put our experiences and, listen to me, and our opinions in a more credible place than the Word of the living God, that's just plain ignorance. That's just plain ignorance. Because what's going on here is that you don't truly understand what it is that you hold in your hands. I mean, that's where we are. That's where I am. Again, I'm not talking down to you. Because that's where we're at. And it really shouldn't be that way. Because look, folks, I'm going to be honest with you. When we look at our lives, I mean, God's talking to me all the time about this. He's saying, George, why are you struggling with that? Read my word. George, why are you looking for wisdom in that area in all these wrong places? Read my word. 
Church, why are you wrestling with whether or not I care for you or that I forgive you or something? Read my word. Read my word. It's in his word. Say, okay, George, so it's in his word. So what does his word tell us about our problem? Well, look with me at 2 Timothy. It says, Paul's his last letter. This is an important letter because this is the last known letter that we know the Apostle Paul wrote before he would be executed. And I want you to look with me at chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 14 and 15. Just two verses here. And here's what he says to Timothy. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Here's what I want you to see. We can basically take these two verses and divide them into two sections. We can look, first of all, at a warning. We see that in verse 14. And then we're going to see the encouragement, which is in verse 15. So here's notice the warning. First of all, we need to be reminded of God's word. We we need to be reminded of God's word. That's what he's saying there, remind him. He's telling Timothy, he's the pastor. Probably he's at Ephesus at this point, maybe a different church. And he's telling Timothy, remind them. Remind them of what? Of these things, what things? Well, in particular, it's focusing on verses 11 through 13. What that's talking about, there's really a creedal statement talking about what God has done in their lives. So remind them of the truths of the Scripture, the truths of their salvation. So we need to be reminded. I think we understand that. How many of you work at a job where every once in a while you got to go for a refresher course? How many of you work in a job like that? Why do they have refresher courses? Is it because they think you're ignorant and that you're just you're just dumb and you need to be told ten times over that this is what you got to do? Well, maybe maybe the boss thinks that, but more than likely the concept of it, to be honest with you, is so that you're kept fresh in doing your job, so that you are not getting into a rut with doing things the same way over and over again where you forget some things and you focus on just a few things. They want to refresh you in what you're doing so that you can do what's right. It's the same thing in the Word of God, folks. You can't coast in Christianity. You can't coast with your Christian life and say, well, this is the way I used to be two years ago. Well, yeah, things change. And you can forget some things subtly. And you can focus on some things that actually become a detriment, not necessarily an asset to your life. And so the reality is, as he's saying here, he's warning them, you know, you need to be reminded of God's truth continually. In fact, Peter would say this. You go over to Peter. Peter would say, I think it's in Second Peter chapter 2, He says, as long as I'm in this earthly tent, in this vessel, in this body, I'm going to continue to remind you of the truths of God. That's what he says. Listen, folks, church is a, a place where you come to be reminded continually. Don't go to church to find something new. Because we just keep sharing the same old thing all the time. The old message of the gospel. Do you understand what I'm saying? The message of Jesus Christ and so forth. So we need to be reminded of our of God's word. Now here's the other thing he points out. Notice what he says there. 
charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit. What's he saying here? Our trivial opinions are worthless. What? Your trivial opinion about spirituality and about what needs to happen in your Christian life is worthless. Totally worthless. Well, what do you mean, George? I don't understand. Well, go back to what I said earlier, when I said about our ignorance. When we begin to get to the place where our opinions and our experiences are more credible than the Word of God, then we're in for a big trouble. But the reality is, is look, there is a standard by which everything in our life needs to be brought in line with, and that really serves as the judge of everything, and that's God's Word. It's not my experience. Experiences are a dime a dozen. Unsafe people have experiences. Unsafe people have spiritual experiences. Do you understand what I'm saying? Unsafe people can go to a concert. I mean, they can go to hear Van Halen or somebody and sit there. It used to be with a pocket, I mean, a bick, but now it's the cell phone thing, right? And sit there and have goosebumps go all up and down their spine because, wow! Right? And go to church and have the same experience when they hear the music there. It's not your experiences. Your opinions and your experiences are trivial. They're worthless. What really matters is, this is what he's trying to say, what really matters is, is what the Word of God says. That's the bottom line what emphasis needs to be. Why does he say that? Because here's what he's going to say, is that when we give credence to our opinions and our, and, and our experiences, here's what happens. They hurt us. They only harm us. Look at what he says there. To no profit, to the ruin of hearers. You know how dangerous it would be for me as your pastor? That if I got up here Sunday after Sunday and taught you and the basis of my teaching wasn't what God's Word said, the basis of my teaching is, well, in my experience, in my opinion, you need to do this. And, and based upon the things that I've seen, you need to do this. And you need to do this because this is what this guru said. Do you know how dangerous that would be? Well, some of you say, well, I wouldn't even pay attention to you. Okay, well, you're smart. But I'll be honest with you, a lot of people would. And especially if I could communicate it in a way that it didn't sound like it was just my opinion or my experience. If I communicated, this is what Jesus showed me. And believe me, there are people who do that. They'll tell you that Jesus showed them. Here, you know, my response to people who tell me Jesus showed them and this is what it's supposed to be, I say, well, you know what? What does God's Word say about that? Because if Jesus showed you something, it isn't going to be different from His Word. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because what? Our, our, our opinions, our experiences are trivial. And if we, if, if we communicate that, and if, we, if that's all we are, listen to me, then we're just hurting ourselves and we're hurting others around us. We're just hurting ourselves, and we're hurting others around us. Because, listen to me, listen to me, what matters is His Word. 
what matters is what God's word says, not what I say. That's really the bottom line. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I got a lot of education, I've got a lot of experience, I've got a lot of understanding of the Bible, but I'll be honest with you, I don't know everything. But the one who does wrote a book, 66 books collected into one. He knows. And he will speak to you through it. So he's warning us, be careful, be careful of what you're giving credence to. It's got to be his word. So he said, okay, George, what's the encouragement then? Here's what he says. Look with me at verse 15. He says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. What's the first thing there? Get serious about your walk with God. Get serious about your walk with God. Right now, I think all of us know when we're, we give lip service to stuff and when we mean to get serious. So like right now, the big issue with me is I got to lose some weight. Okay, and I could sit there, like I had lunch with somebody this week, and we had a salad, and I ordered a water, and I got an email from my wife saying, "Think skinny." Okay, all right, because she knows I'm at McDonald's. Okay, all right. But look, if you've ever dealt with weight before, you know there's two attitudes that you can have. Well, there's actually three. One is, I don't care. I'm not talking about that one. But the other two attitudes is, is, well, I'll do what it takes. But you're only really giving lip service to it. And the other one is, you get serious about it. And you get your body in line and you do what you got to do. I'm somewhere in between. Pray for me that I get over where I need to be. But see, that, like I'm talking about my life. That's the same way we are about our Christian lives, isn't it? We know where we need to be. We know what we need to do, right? But a lot of us just give lip service. Here he's saying, be diligent. What does diligent mean? It means having a serious attitude and doing what it takes to take care of it. You get serious, Paul's talking about, your Christian life. Quit lip servicing it. Quit sitting there saying, oh, I love Jesus. Yeah, but I really want to do this other thing. And I'm not, I know that's displeasing to you, God. No. It's time for us to get serious. The encouragement here is get serious. Why? Here's what he says. Look with me, and here's something that's missing from our culture. A worker who does not need to be ashamed. What's he saying here? Shame should motivate us. This is a forgotten concept in a North American culture. Young people, you don't, you don't realize this because you're growing up in a culture now, but those of us who are 40 and over can remember when there was such a thing as shame. You guys remember that? How many remember shame in a culture? And that there were things that you just didn't do because it brought shame. And it brought shame on your family, and it brought, and, and, and that what right there was enough to scare the bejeebies out of us, right? where we would not do certain things because if my daddy found out, I would be standing for a year. Did you know what I mean? You know, because the Board of Education got applied to my seat of knowledge. Do you know what? How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's back when shame happened. We don't live in a culture like that anymore, do we? There is no shame anymore. 
But what? But you need to understand for you and I as a Christian that there is a shame that we need to be worried about. What's he talking about here, ashamed? Who do I need to be ashamed about in front of? Well, in a broader sense, maybe the family of God, but in a more specific sense, Jesus. See, I need to get serious about my Christian life so that I'm not shamed before Jesus. And so therefore, that shame should what? Motivate us. Because folks, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I, you know, I grew up in a home of a disciplinarian, and I can tell you right now, there were some things, and you might say, well, that's not necessarily good. I'm going to tell you, there were some things I didn't do simply because I was just afraid. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You were just afraid. And you know what? When we got older, we realized that was okay. That was okay. We need that same kind of motivation in our lives today, don't we? Where we get serious about walking with God and we don't do things because what? Shame. We're afraid of Jesus, of having to see him, of having him say, tell me about that situation. Uh, Boy, I tell you what, it was nothing scarier than coming home one day and daddy saying, hey boy, come in here. I want to ask you about something. Got a call from Mr. So-and-so at the school. What was that about? Nothing, Daddy. Like, that works. You know what I'm saying? That's what's going to happen one day. Shame should motivate us. What is it we need to do? Here's what he says. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Here's what needs to happen. You need to handle God's word properly. You need to handle it. For some of you, you just need to pick it up and start reading it. Don't sit there and say, I believe the word. I believe it's the truth. But you never pick it up and read it. If you believe it that much, then read it. I'm serious. You believe it brings life to you? Read it. You know, I I hear people all the time, I wish Jesus would speak to me and tell me what I need to do. Read his word, he'll speak to you. Read his word, he'll speak to you. I guarantee it. Now, the thing is, is that we don't oftentimes like what he tells us. But we need to handle it properly. We need to handle it properly. Because here's the thing. Basically, he's saying, look, don't, your, your, your opinions and your experiences, they're all trivial. And if you focus your life on that, it's just going to harm you and destroy you. So you get serious about your walk with God. And you let shame motivate you to do the right thing. And here's what you've got to do in the meantime to do what's right. You've got to get in his word. You've got to rightly divide it. You've got to read it. And I'm not talking about one of these things where it's like you're sitting there, oh, okay, Lord, Lord, speak to me today. Let's see here. Uh, uh, tell me what I need to do today. And Judas hanged himself. Okay, Lord, I, that's not it. Something else, please tell me. What do I need to do? Go and do likewise. No, that's not what we're talking about. That's not rightly dividing the word of truth, okay? Do you understand? What is it? It's reading it. 
saying to him, as David did, open your word that I may see wondrous things therein. Speak to me today, Lord. You know, some of you say, well, I use the daily bread. Hey, I've been there. I start off reading the daily bread and have my Bible. Then schedule happens. And I still want to have my time in the daily bread, so I don't open my Bible. I just read the story. And so pretty soon, my story time with the daily bread takes place of my reading time in the Bible. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, we like the daily bread here. We encourage you to use it. It's a tool. But again, what the story is, is nothing but trivial. What really matters is God's word. He said, okay, George, how do we wrap this up? We're getting towards the end here. What do we do? Well, let me ask you a question. Are you coasting? Are you coasting in your Christian life? What do you mean coasting? Have you set the cruise control? You know, like I go on a, on a road trip and I get on a highway and it's not away from a major city, like I'm going down to Shenandoah Valley or something on 81 and I get my speed up to where I think I'm not going to get a ticket and I set the cruise control. Okay? You guys, do, we do that, right? And we just kind of coast along, listening to the radio or whatever, or engaging in a conversation. And we just kind of wait for the end of the trip to happen until we get there. That's coasting. We do the same thing in our Christian lives. We know it just enough Bible, just enough truth, that where we just set the cruise control, and we just kind of coast. We don't expect to hear from him. We don't expect any bothers. We're just here for the journey. Is that you? Are you coasting? You know whether or not you're coasting. Are you coasting? Here's the other thing. What has more credibility? What has more credibility in your life? This is a personal question. This isn't about what has more credibility in the person next to you or a person across the street. What has more credibility in your life? Is it your opinions or your experiences? What has more credibility? Is it those two things or is it the Word of God? What is it? What do you guide your life by? What you've experienced? What your opinions are? And those opinions can be formed in many ways through our experiences, what our daddy told us, what our teacher said, what we heard on the radio, what Oprah said. Okay? Here's the bottom line. All of it is trivial, my folks. All of it is trivial because what really matters is not what I think or what I've experienced. What matters is what God says. What God says. But how do I, how do I figure that out, George? How do I figure out what God says? You read his word. So here's our action point. Here's what we've got to do this week. This is what you and I have to do. Here, so here, listen, when I give you this action point, this isn't just for, okay, here's what I want you guys to do and report back to me next week. Because I got it together. No, 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 no. Okay, so here. Here's our action point. I'm going to sit down with you. Commit yourself to God's Word. That's for all of us here. We've got to commit ourselves to God's Word. 
Pick it up. Read it. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.